Hey, there he is, the man of the hour. <laughs> How you doing? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, it says you're connecting to your audio. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, I can't hear you though. So you're gonna have to do something with your. Um, it says you're. It says you're connected, but it says no audio. Now, you can. yeah, now I can hear you. Yeah. Figured I, it out. You figured it out. How you doing? Doing good, man. I'm doing great, man. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. You know, you're your absolute first guest on the yeah. Dogma Podcast. Yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate. I appreciate the opportunity, man. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate having you. So we're gonna get we're gonna get right into it. Um, you know, your background basically essentially is that um, you've, you're how how old are you again? I'm 33 years old. Okay, you're 33. Um, you were you were incarcerated uh, for a period of 15 years for a what type of what type of crime was it? What charge was it? First degree murder first degree murder and then you were ultimately convicted and given a life without parole sentence is that right yes okay so that's that's our context and i just want to ask you a series of questions and you know you said that the purpose for us doing this is that you have something that you want to share with others that might be living a life that you led or in a situation that you're in so um based on that springboard you know we'll shoot out some questions that i have for you you know, I'm always curious about somebody's, um, their background, because our background in large part leads to ultimately who develops us into whoever we turn out to be. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your background. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. You know, come well, first of all, from Boston, Massachusetts, came from the inner city, you know, the ghetto, essentially, what they say it is, you know, I came from, um, well, I had both parents, you know, but primary, my mother was a caretaker of me. So I would say a, a single parent home, you know, raised with my mother. But my father was, you know, he had elements of his presence there. But I came from a dysfunctional setting. You know, I think a lot of my um, it was um, characterized by conflict, you know, misbehavior and emotional neglect, in a sense, you know, I feel like you know, I didn't really have a space to be totally me because both of my parents had their own personal issues that they was dealing with. Mm. You know, so it was kind of hard for them to really give me what I wanted when they wasn't totally fulfilled in they in their personal life, you know. And it's something they never really spoke on to me about. It was just things I seen through their energy and how they interacted with me and my siblings, you know. Mm. So you know, growing up, you know, really not getting the proper treatment, the proper love, it kind of propelled me to go and try to find an elsewhere, you know? And where was that? That you went, where Where else, where did you go? To the streets. Mm -hmm. You know, being in school, you know, hanging out with bad kids, you know, though, not even saying bad, just 
kids that was probably misleading, you know, was going suffering from the same trauma I was suffering, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I gravitated to that because that's what I was related to. Mm. You know, we have something in common. We can relate to one another, you know? Mm. We come from that same type of background. So it was easier to connect with that, with that type of audience, with them mm. type of them type of peers. So being in being that type of environment with certain kids that suffer from the same thing I suffer and had, you know, they um they mishaps. I kind of gravitated to that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, was a, so it was a whole bunch of wounded individuals, wounded young men, basically, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is because, um, you know, psychology says that, you know, this types of, you know, bankruptcies, emotional, which you mentioned in, in your growing up and, and certain other things that children need, they do, are they actually have, uh, are rooted in some of the outcomes of how individuals are and how they turn out. So there's a direct correlation between you being involved in this type of situation and you're growing up. Is that what I'm hearing? Do you think there's some kind of connection to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, you no, know, your household is what shapes you and makes you, you know? Right. So if you ain't got the proper ingredients at home, Go ahead. Yeah, if you ain't got the proper ingredients at home, then you know, to really develop a healthy lifestyle, how how do you find it? You know. That's true. That's true. That's true. And just to piggyback off that, let me ask you this: If you were to to, because we're still talking about the the home, because this is very important. I think this is what people need to understand in raising their children. That you know there's a direct correlation between raising how you raise your child, what you expose them to and how they ultimately turn out. So for you, what was the most distinct memory of your parents? When you think about them in the most distinct, do them individually. I mean, do them as a group, the two of them. What is the most distinct thought you have of your parents when you think back to your childhood? Well, collectively, I think they wanted me to be what they wasn't. You know, rather than understanding who I was, you know, and I just think they, they, they had my best interests at heart. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't understand who I was. They didn't come to come to my understanding. Mm. I think they didn't really understand me, and I think so. But I'm not understanding me, and them trying to express certain concerns on my behavior or f- trying to direct me in a positive manner, it it, it kind of, I, I repel from that because first you ain't, you're not, under, you didn't come to understand me first and foremost. You want me to understand your direction, but you didn't understand who I, who I am and why I am currently the person that I am. You know, in psychology, because um, I did a stint in prison myself, <clears throat> and, and part of my reading in the seven years and three months that I was there, and there was a psychology book that read, and I remember this part specifically, all rules and no relationship equals rebellion. And that's what it sounds like you dealt with. There was a bunch of rules and expectations, but you didn't have that foundation or you didn't feel as though of it, it, it wasn't the kind that you could identify with, the kind of love that you needed to blossom to be the best young man you can be. Am I hitting the nail on the head or is that just nah, my take? Nah, nah, you're taking it home. You're mm-hmm. Taking it home. <laughs> okay. 
All right, then let me ask you this. Um, what what influenced you the most? And, and I'm going to ask you positively and negatively in a positive manner. When you think back over your life at whatever point up until right at this moment, what what has been the most positive uh, influence in your life? I think to be real with you, the negative is what influenced me, you know, turning that negative into a positive is what really influenced me, my shortcomings, you know, my, my mistakes. Mm. Um, that really woke me up, you know, and really made me see things from a different perspective. Mm. So I think that was the most positive thing that came out of it was me being able to see certain things from a different perspective due to the shortcomings and the mistakes and the hard lessons I had to endure. Mm. You know, nothing about my life was easy, but it was beautiful at the same time. Mm. to go through it mm. and I recommend strength you know mm-hmm. one thing I say man you don't know how strong you are to being strong is the only choice you have <laughs> so so this is many moments man that's all I had man is just to be strong you know and it just made me realize how strong I was you know and it made me know my worth and we're and we're still talking about your youth how old were you how old were you when you when you uh first uh, became arrested and charged for, for for this crime. Eighteen. You were eighteen, and yes. you're and you're thirty three now. Yes. How how long have you been home? Just going on a month now. Well, a month. <laughs> so you've gone from eighteen <coughs> to thirty three, and you've been incarcerated all of those formative, super formative years of your life. Yeah, that's just a doubt. Prior to that, I was group homes, foster homes, DYS. Then I enrolled in the prison system. So mm. it's like all I know is the institution. Mm. Did you graduate? Yeah, I graduated school of hard knocks, man. I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> with a PA with a PhD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I graduated, so- man. Well, I don't. We've already talked about definitely the sensei, definitely the sensei, man. Excuse me. I said I'm the sensei of the school. You're the, sen- up, you're you know? the sensei. You are yeah. indeed. You are yeah. indeed. So what? So listen to this. So you went. So when 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 you were given this sentence because you 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 got involved. I'm assuming with some youngsters. <laughs> Did you have a Cody a Cody a co-defendant in this case? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm assuming like everybody else, you had a co-defendant. You know, you got charged. You ultimately got um, convicted. At the point that they told you life without parole, you know what that means. We, for anybody who doesn't know what that means, that means you're not getting out. What went through, think back to your most intimate moments and just be honest with us. When that man said, for instance, this is what went through my mind. I'll just guide you a little bit. I was standing before the judge. And I had two 20-year sentences. They ran them together uh, concurrently. Um, and he asked me, did I have anything to say? I went on like Richard Pryor. I talked so long. They, they took the mic back. But what I was feeling is a sense of, and that was just with a 20-year sentence of hopelessness. That's what I felt. I was like 20 years, because in my mind, I was going to do 20 years. And I was only like 22 years old. What did you think when they told you the judge was fit? To say he sentenced you to life without parole. To be honest, 
I was numb to the thoughts and the feelings of my now reality. I didn't want to embrace that harsh reality. And it hurt me. When I first when I first heard the life, I didn't think it was real. It got more realer for me when I went for my sentencing. Cause when I got life, I got life on a Friday. I didn't get sentenced to on a Monday. <clears throat> so when I went back to court and all that, and I was taking that, I got on that bus to travel upstate, you know, and then to experience all the unknowns, cause all that was new to me. I cried. I'm like, damn, this is about to be my reality. Mm. And I didn't know how I was scared, not knowing what to expect going upstate, you know what I'm saying? Hearing all the hard stories and all that. It's like, damn, I got a man up. But I was still numb in a sense because it wasn't real to me. Mm. It wasn't real to me. So and so when I went up there and all that and I seen familiar faces and all that, that's the first thing I ran to. And you know they telling me the rules of the rules of the rules of the joint, what to do, the do's and don'ts, and who to mess with, who don't. You know what I'm saying? This is how and the mm -hmm. status of what you gotta <clears throat> perceive perceive to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what I was drew to because that's what I was familiar with <clears throat> coming in. So I wanted to have some type of identity, you know. So mm -hmm. I. I surrounded myself by all the wrong people, which I didn't think it was wrong at that time, and all the wrong things. <clears throat> so for many years, I was numb to it, you know? Mm -hmm. I was just doing I do it, just getting by. Just day by day. <clears throat> just day so by day. So you didn't have no solution? You didn't have no remedy? You didn't really want to dwell on the reality, I'm sure. And so it was just day by day. Day by day, just taking day by day, doing the hard door, you know, hanging around the people I knew from the streets. They was in there, they was bidding and all that. So I was just, I was caught up in the status quo of what was happening, you know. Mm. So you were in the bar, you were in this in the penitentiary in, in Massachusetts <coughs> in the Boston area. You know, we know that's tough terrain right there, Big yeah. Bean Town. Big so Beans. Big Bean, you oh, you gonna give a shout out to Big Bean? You already know that, man. <laughs> you know, Boston, Boston, shout man. <laughs> Shout out to Big B. Bostonian, man. I think I think, I think they're gonna do something. You think they're gonna yeah. do something tonight? Well, they're gonna do something tonight, man. You know, <laughs> about to come on and show out, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> they didn't get here for no reason. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I would hope so. So, so Demetrius, so you know, thank you for being you know honest because basically what you're saying is, and I felt the exact same way. I mean, I went to the penitentiary at a very young age, just a couple of years older than you, you know, thought I was hard. Everybody's hard on the outside. You get inside here, you contain walls, you can't get away. Now you got a man up for real. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's scary. If you could, if you just had a word of advice, I mean, I'm jumping the gun on my questions for a minute. I'm going to still go back to them, but I just have to say this while it's on my mind. If you could tell somebody, some of these boys that are out here shooting each other over a little bit of nothing. What, what would you say? Cause ultimately it's one of two things. You either go into the penitentiary or you're going to go into the grave. So what would you, what would be your advice to them for that type of mentality? And here today, 2022, if you were to be standing or being a personal counselor to each and every man that might, or woman that might see this podcast, what words of advice would you have for them based off of everything that you've 
that you've been through? Well, first, I would like to say the advice I would like to say anybody that's gauging that life, that life, man, know your worth. You know what I'm saying? Know your value. Know your importance. A lot of times, man, we 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 come out here into the streets, but how you got out here, you adopted somebody else's beliefs. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else's value system, value system on how life should be. You know, and we don't take the time to sec- take the time to really challenge that. You know. I know a lot of things that I, I learned. I learned through adopting somebody else's belief system. You know, it was never mine. It was just what I seen and what I was told, you know? So mm-hmm. I engaged that thinking they have my best interests at heart. But some belong, uh, sometimes they, they, they use, they, use, they know you're younger, so they try to manipulate the situation to benefit them. It was never to benefit you. Mm-hmm. So you don't see these elements of that, you know what I'm saying? So you mm-hmm. go out thinking you know it all because mm-hmm. this is, told you to you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and have a shit and find yourself in a fucked up situation mm-hmm. and he ain't get a bat for you you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. he ain't right for you he told you that he he's your dog this is your man you know what i'm saying this is the brotherhood you know mm-hmm. be here but when it's time to be there there ain't nowhere to be found ain't nobody so, there ain't nobody there so you got to know your value mm-hmm. you know you got to stand for what you believe and you got to understand what's important to you because when you understand what's important to you, nobody can ever mislead you because you know what matters to you. So it's like know your worth, you know? And second to that, when you you out here, you're doing what you're doing, you eventually get caught up and do that bit. What you what you was there for, yeah, it was fine. You feel like, oh, yeah, I did what I had to do for the hood, you know, for the neighborhood. But years later, you ain't even got them same feelings no more. <laughs> you going to say it wasn't even worth it. Mm. I had so many dudes, dog dudes, dudes I respect, you know what I'm saying? Dudes I look to, up to, and everybody has that same feeling 10 years later. It wasn't worth it. The girl and the family ain't there, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 and it's not that they don't want to be there, it's just life goes on, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has their own personal life. Their mm. friends there, the girls mm. leave. Mm. So now it's like you're by yourself mm. and in, in, in a dark place. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, nobody's here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the streets don't have the same value. So now you're more so considering yourself now. Now you're in the child hall with your enemy. Mm-hmm. The same dudes that was killing, wanting to kill you out there. You sitting at the table with them eating. Mm-hmm. So what is it worth? Mm-hmm. If it's down the line, I could sit at the same table with somebody that would have killed me. How, how weird is that, huh? That's weird. <laughs> And we talking about we got beef, but we are comp- but we are compromise certain integrities for our comfortability. Mm. But I understand because later in life it doesn't have the same meaning, it doesn't have the same value. You grow, mm. you mature, you see life different. Your paradigm shifts. So how do you how do you how do you how do you see life different if you don't come? Because a lot of youngsters nowadays have have <clears throat> youngsters for parents. And they don't have that solid value system. And I'm not talking about, this is not a black thing. This is black, white, whatever color you may be. If you come from a certain socioeconomical perspective and you come from the inner city and and, and a poor neighborhood, the likelihood of you getting out is slim. You know, you, the truth be told, some, some of us do, but if we look at the percentages, it's not very many because we're greatly influenced by you know who we are so 
who, what we grown to know. So what, what would you suggest to people that you're in the hood, but they really don't want to be about it, but they're being about it because they're in it and you can't, you know, you can't be in the projects and be grinning all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's not a nice place. You know what I'm saying? You, you'll be perceived as weak. You know, you can't be smart and be carrying your books coming home off the bus and the projects all the time because people want to grab your backpack and toss it around because they're jealous. You know, you can't, you know, your mom can't struggle and buy you some new Jordans because if you, you, ain't, you ain't that dude, you know, somebody might take your shoes or however people do in the street. So these influences, which are great, you know, rap music influences youngsters so, and, but yet and still these rappers, as soon as they get rich, they move out there with the white folks. Truth be told. So what would you tell these dudes that are, they have these influences, all the ones I just mentioned, because you were, you had those influences. What, do, how do they pull themselves up by the bootstrap and go on and do the things, the good things that may be in their heart in spite of, and yet still, and they're still in these circumstances that are kind of overwhelming, you know, how, what would you suggest to them? If you look back, what could you have done in spite of your circumstances, what could you have done to elevate yourself, your personal constitution, if you had known what you know now, if you were as wise then as you are now, which is a big spill because you were only 18 years old, now you're 33. But what would you, how would you advise others in, in something like that? Um, Dan, that's a tough question. Mm. You know, everybody's different. Mm. But, but, but what stands out to me is finding a mentor. Mm. You know, find somebody that can actually guide you and um, direct you right. Mm. Standing on business, you know, staying true to you, regardless of what the situation may be, identifying with who you are and what you want in life, you know? Mm. It may be a struggle to do that, you know? Because mm -hmm. you might sometimes, to be you, you got to stand alone. But mm -hmm. you got to be comfortable standing alone. Yeah. All right with that. <clears throat> and I think that right there will resonate with people, even the ones that's trying to test you. Because nine mm -hmm. times out of 10, they fall on somebody. Mm -hmm. So when they see a person that can stand alone, you can glorify that. Mm. Whether it's verbally or mentally, mm. it, it, it deserves to be celebrated. Mm. And I think when people can um can stand on business, you know, and um stand on truth, it, it's gonna be celebrated. It may be a struggle in the beginning, mm -hmm. but it will be recognized. So what you're saying is you have to detach yourself. I'm saying you have to be courageous enough to detach yourself. <laughs> First of all, identify things in your life that are negative and then detach yourself from these things if you want to go on that positive way. Here's an example, um, in, if, if this is in, right. When I was in prison, I, I refused. Uh, I, want, I didn't know nobody to my boat with anyway because I was in another state. But I refused to hang with somebody and be part of a clique just to be protected. That wasn't my thing. I was going to stand on my own too. And I did that in my whole stint. I recognized quickly that that was in my best interest, not to associate with somebody to the point where uh, they expect me to be down with them and their foolishness. So I always walked alone. So is that what you're saying for individuals that 
are coming up, they have to be like courageous enough, A, find a mentor, somebody that's not in, you know, yeah. not in. What was that? I said, somebody, find somebody that's not in that realm of life. Mm. Some, you know, somebody mm -hmm. that's actually do something to better themselves, you know, and click with that. Mm -hmm. Piggyback off what you were saying, that's how I, I, I did my bid, you know? Not in the beginning, like I said, in the beginning, I tried to socialize with people I was familiar with and all that. But I said, this shit was bad. I inherit their beef. I inherit their needs. You know what I'm saying? Because they 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 want you, they want to beg you. You know what I'm saying? They ain't ever got nothing for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like being a friend is costly. And he ain't a true friend anyway. <laughs> So I just learned to be by myself. <laughs> you said I can do bad by myself. Bro. Yeah, I can do bad by myself. You know, I was like, I didn't need you, you know what I'm saying? And I just found my way, man, and just did it how I did it, you know what I'm saying? And they used to hate, because it's like, oh, he think he better than somebody. No, I'm not better than nobody. I'm just better than what you're trying to subject me to. Mm -hmm. Can I be better than that? Yeah. So I didn't want another one to cheat my value, you know what I'm saying? Because I know I was worthy of something, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just de-associated disassociated myself i should say and continue to just do me and the once i did that man i it it, it, it was um rewarding it was rewarding it's like some I, free freedom huh you weren't attaching nobody yeah 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 but anyway we don't want to talk about the inside so we're talking about the outside let me ask you something demetrius when okay so you got the life without parole and and now you got to take <laughs> action and obviously something happened because you, you you don't look like you're in jail to me you look like a free man. <laughs> so okay. let, let me, what happened? This is what everybody gonna wanna know. So you got this time, booyah, life without pro, you're numb. Tell me something about between the numbness and how you're sitting here today talking to me. What happened? How'd you, how did you get out? Oh, I ended up essentially on flipping my case, overturning my case. Okay, and how did you, how did, how did you overflip? How did you flip a life without parole sentence? Well, I went for I went for a appeal process with a court a court a court appointed lawyer. Yeah, court appointed lawyer, but a, a blessing in disguise, you know. Well, how him. so? How so? How tell us about that? Oh yeah, man, I hustled for him, man. When I first came in, man, I was I knew that this wasn't my this wasn't my home. This wasn't forever and a day for me. Mm -hmm. And I started asking people, asking questions, asking, asking questions how how to litigate my case, you know, moving forward on um, post conviction, because it was all new to me. Old some older dudes brought me to the library, you know, told me a couple of good lawyers and all that. I bought me a book of stamps, man, and started just shooting out letters, telling them my, my telling them my situation, you know, giving myself on what just happened in my life, you know. And the lawyer that I had, man, he was generous to reach out to me, you know. Um, and try to expand more on what I was going through. And, you know, I let him know what it, what it was. And he told me no guarantees. I'm like, I got a, a large caseload, but this is what you can do. You can write these people right here and request me. And I can, if I have the space for you, I'll get back to you. So a month later, I get a letter under the door. That was my lawyer. Yeah. It's just, man, it's been a blessing, man. You wanna, give, been, you wanna give a shout out to your lawyer? Yeah, Robert Shaw, man. <laughs> Robert, he's 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 the man. He means business. This your appealing you know? lawyer. Yeah, yeah, it's my appeal lawyer. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you wrote, so you took the initiative to write a whole bunch of lawyers that the OGs gave you 
as <coughs> as suggestions. Yes. And this this gentleman, Robert Shaw, um, responded to you and told you no promises. But then he eventually became your lawyer. He became my lawyer. And I was a blessing in disguise, you know. <clears throat> and um, right then and there, man, I knew it was a reason, you know, like I didn't know at, at that very moment. But with Tom, just how he interacted with me, you know, he he's a man of humility, compassion, understanding and love and grace, you know. And he fought two for nails to get me home, you know. He was invested emotionally into my case. And he didn't take no for an answer. Mm. Um, I was battling for the for 11 years until I got some relief. And then I, I overturned my case June, June 19th, 20, um, 2019. Mm. And once I overturned my case, they brought me back to county to retrial me. <clears throat> I started in county for like, two years then he offered me a plea deal 15 years though I felt like I could have beat it in order I just didn't want to take that chance because I know what that chance could bring and I didn't want to um deal with that reality again so I just copped out gracefully and went on about my business you know finished up my time 15 years mm -hmm. came home a month ago and I'm here in the free world again man oh, my man so you know? so young man you're here. This is like, yeah. listen, this is like, uh, like this story is like bananas. I mean, who gets life without parole and comes home to comfortably sit here and talk about that? Ain't no bars in front of you, dude. You know what I'm saying? And you took the initiative, you know, to A, walk by yourself, to B, to investigate your case on your own and go to the OGs and see what you could do to write all these letters. What'd you, what'd you tell the brothers when you were writing the letters? What, what, what were you saying? My name is Demetrius and, and I and I need a lawyer. What, what were you telling? Yeah, I just tell them I'm Demetrius, telling them my age, you know, so I just got life. I got a good case and I just explained the details of my case. I feel like I felt like I got railroaded. You know, I had a great shot to go home. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> litigating factors, you know, that mm -hmm. caused my demise. Mm. And I just want you to investigate it. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to take my word for it. Just look into my case and mm. get back at me. Mm. And like I said, again, Robert Shaw. <laughs> Give him a shout out. <laughs> Robert Shaw, Junior. <laughs> man, and hit me back. Mm. Boston's finest. The boss's finest, man. Man, listen, I mean, <clears throat> this is so... I, I can't even describe to you how what kind of oh, story this is. Let me bring it back. Oh, let's it's bring it back crazy. then. One bring of the persons that gave me the lawyer, he ended up he had a life bid and ended up flipping his case. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so Robert Shaw is all that in the bag. Oh, yeah, he's all, yeah, he, yeah, he means business. Shout out to Joseph Cousins, man. Joseph shout out to Cousins. who? Who's he? Yeah, Joseph Cousins. That's the one that gave me the lawyer. Okay. Oh, you know that Joseph Cousins. Okay, uh, shout yeah. out to Joseph Cousins there. Yeah. So, what you what do you want? You said that you you got something you're working on. You just got out, but you got something you're working on. That's you know a culmination of all your life and how you kind of legacy you want to leave, and your and your young life now. Tell tell us about that, Demetrius. Where what you gonna do with yourself now? Where you at? You know, right now, you know, I'm just trying to establish myself get the um foundation underneath me you know because we need that 
to build anything. You need a strong foundation. So I'm just trying to get this, the basic needs, the essentials met, and be able to just get a, parts, a, a little job to be able to sustain myself. But that's the short term. You know, what I, I really want to do, man, I want to make a difference. I want to start a clothing line called Life clothing you know and it stands for it's an acronym stands for legacy is forever and why that means so much and it's so near and dear to my heart is because all my life I was trying to be on a mission mm-hmm. to get a rep a mm-hmm. reputation I wanted my name to stick out you know mm-hmm. I wanted to be this and that I wanted people to speak on that mm-hmm. <clears throat> but now I want to leave a legacy you know I want to give something pass on to something about my sons, my kids, 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 you know? I want them to be able to inherit something of value, something of meaning. And I want them to be able to say when I'm dead and gone that it was because of him or why I am who I am today, Mm. because that's gonna live on forever, a Mm. legacy. Mm. A reputation dies. Somebody can surpass that. You ain't even thought about no more. But when legacy, that's here, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm trying to pass the baton, you know, before I leave, man, I want to know, I want the world to know I was here because mm-hmm. I didn't left something. Mm-hmm. My man. So, you know, okay. that's why, I think that's what made me come out with the, the, the name life, legacy is forever, you know, life is existence. Mm-hmm. You can live or just exist. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to live. Hell, I was just existing before. <laughs> Touche. That point yeah. well made. <laughs> I'm trying to live, man. I'm trying to bowl now. Okay. Oh. You and know? but in a positive so, manner. Let's be let's be clear yeah, yeah, for anybody yeah, yeah. that's listening. It, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not no no negative connotation to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's positive. So you taking all of these, all of this that you just got through <laughs> mentioning, those are your footprints in the snow. So others can walk and don't have to endure the hardships of those snow drifts because you've already made a way. And that's, is that what you're, where you're at right now? You're trying to make a way for others? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make a way for others, man. I want people to believe. I feel like I'm I'm the ambassador of hope, you know? Well said. I want to expire. Well said, well said, well said. Listen, we're going to sum this up, but before we do, I just want to, I want to share this with those that are going to potentially see this is that Demetrius is actually my son. And, you know, this, this questions have been kind of leading because I've really lived everything that he's talking about. Um, so I, I just wanted to bring him on and he, he, he wanted to come on because this story is like surreal. Uh, very, very few people have a living death sentence and then come out on the other side of the wall to be able to tell anything about it from from freedom standpoint and Demetrius is here and I can attest to everything he said he's here from personal constitution he did everything that he in fact said that he was going to do he walked alone he hustled and made sure because I damn sure wasn't doing it um he can tell you that his own self I told him if you go there and do that, then you do that on your own. And I did that. I know that sounds mean, but I did that because of the fact, A, is I was horribly disappointed, uh, which is probably not a good enough reason, but B is because I did mine and I felt like he can do his too. I felt like there was hope. I did pray for him. And he's here to this day, uh, looking good, as y'all can see, 
and he did it on his own personal constitution. And what I'm hoping and praying for is that that same constitution that you utilized when you were in there, the same discipline, the same drive, that you'll you know have that same constitution and the same passion here on the other side. Because if you do that, I'm sure that you're going to be something special. So um, I just want to thank you because you're on our first. Po- this is our first podcast, and uh, who better to have than my son? And then you have a delicious story as well. Demetrius, thank you, man. God bless you. You know I love you. I love you too, man. I just appreciate the opportunity to let me be your first interviewee. Mm-hmm. Oh, and mm-hmm. it means a lot, man. And anybody that's listening, man, I just want y'all to tune in, tap into me, man, and travel beside me, man, and just follow my journey. You can follow me at Meech, M-E-E-C-H 0619 on IG. I'm here, man. Just follow me, man. I got something to talk about. I got something to say. And I'm sure somebody can benefit from it, man. So if anybody that could benefit from it and learn something, then my job is complete, you know? Even if mm-hmm. it's that one person, just make mm-hmm. sure when you get it, man, just pass it along. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, you know, you're talking about starting and, and we'll work together on it, uh, you know, your IG pages and so forth and so on and, and put, you know, and develop some programs, something that you were talking about that you want to do that you can help young men try to curb this and catch them before they get to that point so they won't have to go through all that you've gone through listen man god bless you uh we're gonna run his socials up on um up on the screen on the on the post production uh demetrius god bless you man i love you you I'm know you sure. my you know you my man you know and, that uh, and um i'll chat with you in a little bit i'll give you a call man god bless you all right thank you thank you bye-bye wow